I am your host, Jonathan Humphreys. Welcome to the Hokuso Conversation Part 2. These are unfiltered conversations with people sharing their life journeys and learnings to help us become better versions of ourselves. I'd like to kind of draw on a couple of things here. One is, and I'd like to ask you how this works, the approach of being agile is around transparency, about being totally transparent in terms of the business, what's going on. So you've highlighted from the customer side, Mm -hmm. but you've also got a lot of initiatives that are you're working on, your management team is working on, maybe there are corporate initiatives that need to be implemented. There are KPIs that need to be achieved. So how do you create this transparency within the organization? Because historically, going back to your old structure, not your old structure, the the hospitality industry's old structure, which is very hierarchical, very role-driven, very clearly divided roles and responsibilities, but there was also knowledge is power. This whole approach that I know more about my specialized area than you, and therefore I have the power and you don't. And therefore that created these silos within the organization. It created silos within the operations, which you could argue creates a very functioning operational machine, right? It also, a lot of this hierarchical division of labor, right? If you go back to Adam Smith's was actually, and going forward, it was also about production. It was about automization, manufacturing. It was all about making things as efficient as possible, giving people the very smallest tasks and creating process. Okay. Now, if we are to continue doing that in the hospitality space, we just need so many employees that it just makes it impossible. And once again, people don't feel part of something bigger. And as human beings, we are so much more capable than taking on these smallest tasks. So just going back to this transparency, Mm -hmm. how do you create that transparency within the organization so that everyone understands the impact that they are having on the overall organization rather than just their their micro area? Well, we use there a, a, a very typical agile system, which is uh, we have created a Miro board because what we have done, what we have experienced, we have a lot of data which is coming from from our guests, how they, they see us. We had then at that point a lot of internal data from our reports, which is mentioning, which we have commented. So it's a lot of unstructured data which was around. And and then we started, okay, we, with both on that side to get a really a 360 different uh, degree picture we started on a Miro board. We started just with an improvement wall, we called it. That was a sticky notes, which everyone could put the problems we have uh, as a sticky note into that point. And then we started, a, let's say, a, a meeting structure where we involved the team also. And there, everyone is invited on that um, um, improvement wall meetings where we're going to structure the issues we have or the, the potential of improvement we have in a, in a way where we can say, okay, we can tackle that like that one. And then we have a huge wall with a lot of problems. But everyone can see it and everyone can make us aware on that point. At a later stage, we have then used, we have created for each and every department, we have created a Kanban board. That means, so that's a, a structured way where we can see, okay, from the from the improvement wall, we take this data and we're going to improve that one. We're going to roll out um, into, the, into the system. And we have designated, let's say, one was responsible problem or improvement we had was the chat response time, which we are using, which we always have it been about 12, 13 minutes, and, and the target is four minutes. Huh? So 
chat with us on the on the Marriott app, you need to have an answer within four months. And it was not speed enough. So we have looked into our team who has the resources and capabilities who can use that task to make it better. And we gave him resources for that. And it was and he used the resources to make it up. We gave him a laptop at home and you can feel how proud you are if you're 21, you're getting the first time a laptop at home from a company, you are more than happy to do, do that. And um, this Miro board and all the Kanban boards is purely completely visible for each and every one. If you have an improvement, you can put it on the improvement wall and you can be sure the teams, so and I have each team, let's say the front desk team, the kitchen team is responsible for its own, of, uh, own board. You can see at what stage, what they are doing, at what time. And then we have um, then there are also things we cannot change by the team itself. Let's say yeah, we need to have a renovation, Wi-Fi needs to be faster, you need to, the communication with our reservation department in Ireland, etc., etc., needs to be improved. That's all things which you either have not the know-how or the competences or the f- financial resources. We have decided there is another ideation improvement wall which is on a higher level, which other stakeholders need to be to bring that task also be into a right model. So we have created an environment where you can see at all time, at all levels, the task we are currently working on and also where you can see how many resources we give to make the task done. Let me summarize this a little bit. What I like about this approach is that everyone is tasked with problem solving. Yeah. Start with. The culture is around, look, we're solving problems. That's right. Yeah. Uh, someone once said to me, actually, if you're not solving problems, then you don't really have a job to do. So you should probably go away and do something else. Because actually, that's what we're doing. We're solving problems always. And actually, human beings are designed to solve problems. Yeah. So I think the first thing is being open, um, which is what you're doing in terms of saying, look, these are all the problems that need to be solved. These have been raised by our colleagues and they've been raised by the guests. But let's solve them as fast as possible and let's prioritize them into essentially, let's say, two buckets or maybe three buckets. The majority of those, you guys, the team, you can solve by yourself. Come up with your initiatives, solve them, get them done, communicate how you're doing them, and give us feedback, right? That's so, right. And that's yeah. probably, I would imagine, what, 60, 70% of the problems there. Then you've got another tier, which is it requires some kind of decision making. It requires maybe some investment. It requires an allocation of resources. It requires something in addition that can't be solved within the team environment. And I guess that's where your management and leadership come in in terms, okay, I'm going to prioritize this. I'm going to make sure that these things get done. And then there's probably a third tier, which is, okay, this has to get some kind of approval outside of this particular organization. Maybe I need to go to a corporate or I need to get support for, and then that's a separate project, which I guess you would manage. But at all times, the team sees what tier those are in and who's taking on responsibility for those. And obviously those, those 60, 70%, maybe even higher that the team can solve, they also volunteer to solve for those, or they just go in and say, I can do that. And it's done so that you've got this kind of dynamic process. If I'm just understanding correctly, is that perfect? That's absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. And also from coming from top down, let's say initiatives, like we're having a new um, HR tool, XYZ, the team can at every time see how flows it into our resources, um, who is going to assign with additional tasks. So that's very transparent and you, you summarized it perfectly. Yeah, thank you. So I think the other thing I would like to kind of highlight here is the taking of initiative. So what makes this work 
this agile approach is that everybody uses their initiative. How do you encourage people to take their initiative without them feeling that they're going to be, let's say, punished mm -hmm. or criticized for taking their initiative? Because that's a delicate balance, right? You want people to take their initiative, but at the same time, you want them to learn. Maybe the decision wasn't great, right? You want them to learn. You want them to get better in terms of that decision-making process. So how do you make sure that they continue to take initiative, but at the same time get feedback that maybe that decision wasn't the best possible decision at that particular time so that they can improve? Yeah. Because if we automatically assume that they're always going to make the best possible decisions given that time frame, that means we've got no room for improvement, right? Mm -hmm. So that's unrealistic. So I'm just wondering how you create that feedback loop, or is that something you're still working on? Just so that I can understand the initiative taking, I think is key to this. Yeah. You know, I see something that needs doing, I'm going to do it. Or I see a problem that's going to be solved, I'm going to do it. Or I know somebody who's going to do it, and I'm going to communicate with them fast so that they can get it done with me or yeah. by themselves. Yeah. So. And that's that whole team aspect. So maybe just explore mm -hmm. that a little bit in terms of initiative taking, because I think that creates a positive dynamic in the organization. So absolutely. Yeah, we have divided those initiatives into two different things. We have uh, the first initiatives um, we are looking for, let's say, how do I do, how do they do decisions X, Y, Z, is we look into the daily operation. And we working there, we're working there not with feedback, we're working there more with a feed forward that see, we're looking specifically how did they react in, in that week, what was they have done decisions, and how we can bring them um, to a next level for the decisions they make in the future. For example, uh, a guest was uh, complaining about an, an ice cube because he wanted to have uh, a round one. We, uh, we delivered an, one with curves and, um, and our associate um, said, okay, we see that it was not your wishes. I invite you for a complimentary overnight. So let's say it was an initiative. We take initiative, which is good. Was it the right one? Maybe we can think some... We ask the team to each and every one to see how they feel. We ask them to have with each and every one, a feed-forward discussion once a week. Mm. What have you decided this week? How did you feel on that point? What you would do in a, in a better one? I experienced you this very well. And if you can focus more on that, because this is a, you have a resources in that one, which you can do very good and maybe also a bit better than other people because you're having the capabilities from your own. So teach them to the other ones because you have brought this very well in, into the organization. And then people can learn from their resources, and they can always, we always talk about how we can change this for the future. I think that's a very important initiative on that point. The second initiative um, uh, point, which is, is we looking, we have project tasks where we're looking very much into the people who fits that. Um, it's very rare in the organization at the, that we do that, for example, that the head of department, the schedule, because we have people in the team who are very good in organization, and we should, we give them the task, and it's not means that the power is at the head of it. It's maybe it can be a supervisor or an, an agent. If he is an organizational talent, he can do that. And there we look for the initiative. We look very specific what is the talent he has and what can we give them. And then it does not feel like a pain. Mm. It feels then more like you understand who I am as a person, as a, as a human being, and you're driving me into that, that I can, can contribute positively to the organization. And of course, then... On, like like everyone, if someone is doing, huh, people ask for 
was it good? Was it not good? And that's how we need to coach them or to, to bring them into a world and say, yes, that was good. Or do it a little bit like that way, huh? because then you're almost there. And I think then we can always balance them into a right way. Okay. I also, you know, that example of the ice cube and then the, the room being given for free, um, obviously that's massive overcompensation, right? And yet at the same time, you could kill kind of the initiative taking by being ma overly critical of yeah. that to that particular employee and say, look, but the learning here is about, I guess, within the entire team, look, it's about taking initiative, but the initiative has to be appropriate to the situation. Yeah, right. And then you've got to learn how to manage your response to that situation appropriately. So just specifically on that, how did that feedback get given? Because you obviously you also need to focus on the bottom line. It'd be easy for the team just to kind of overcompensate to the guests, yeah. right? And then obviously they go, wow, this is great. If I complain, I'm going to get all these freebies, right? Yeah. That's not the culture that you want. Yeah. So how did you manage that? Or how do you manage this particular situation of them not just overcompensating, taking low risk and just kind of frivolously yeah. kind of just giving over the top solutions? Because you, you have yeah. to manage that very carefully as a leader. Absolutely. What I do is also... The first of all, what you need to do is, if you have a negative feedback, I want to know that. Huh? Mm. I want to know that and I want to know how you respond on that. Because it's not that I, I want to control you on that one, because it's it's I want that we can learn from the situation on that being. Was it a, a, a one-time event? Was it a, a repeating event? And if it's a repeating event, how can we respond in, in that point? I think if the team is very much aware, so we are interested in situations like that because we want to learn from that. And the second situation is, to that critical call, we always look if it's a free room, let's say like a, is it a long-term risk for the hotel? Not in a one-time situation, in a frequent situation, as, as you mentioned, uh, absolutely right. Um, it can affect the, the profit and loss statement. And we want to avoid that. So I think to answer that question, right, is, is getting, being interested in the issues of the team and, and make them motivating to respond on a, on a way and trust also, coming back on that trust, they have a common sense of seeing the situation in a right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they really need to kind of get that feedback. And I, I, my interpretation of this is the leadership style is much more of a coach in this particular agile setup. Would that be the right interpretation of how this can work, this agile environment? You know, if we look yeah. at kind of, let's say, sports teams, yeah. right? You have the coach and you have the players. So yeah. would you say that, the leadership style that you're adopting is is more akin to kind of a coach definitely role yeah. rather than a directive hierarchical uh, historical definitely. role yeah especially when you're operating two hotels you need to learn at the very beginning i can't be there at all time either i'm at the one hotel or at the other so any hierarchical situation which is clearly structured on a daily operation with decisions which needs to if i'm the only one who can decide if we do a compensation i need to be there at both hotels at all time so the first understanding is that that's not possible then i need to be automatically a coach standing next to them and engaging them to do that role and when you see them they're getting confidence on that point and they are very good uh, solution driven then you know you are on the right path yeah i think so and the last thing is new skills and new initiatives. I know that one of the, the benefits that you've seen come through this agile process is that individuals have shown new skills they didn't communicate before and that they've had an impact on the organization in different ways. 
I think that we're going back to purpose and how people people feel much more valued at work and how they can contribute much more. We all want to do that, right, in our work environment. At the same time, we don't want to be feeling like it's it's a burden that we're kind of like we have to do all this other stuff and it's mm-hmm. outside of a role we're not going to get compensated. But I think for us to tap into our talents and maybe hidden talents is one of the things you've been able to do very successfully within within the team. Yeah, I think the, uh, to make that successful, you need to know who can do what and what is his talent. And, uh, and I asked the team, uh, for example, in October, what are your hidden talents? Uh, just make an open conversation on that point to, to make sure maybe there is something right which I don't know about the person, about their, their interest, etc. And a week later, I got a video from Martin, our Frostend agent, which was stunning. It, was a, it's a, it feels like it was from a marketing agency, a fully done courtyard video, which was engaging, which was nice. And it said, oh, how do you do that? Yeah. And he mentioned, I just like to do um, things like that. And then we started to think, oh, that's what an asset we have within our own in our company. I mean, Martin, today, he has a half day, which is uh, per week, which he's doing nice things our last there's a christmas invitation for the christmas market we have next week he was done by him he has uh, done our new um, birthday celebrations video which we can do customized to our son for our new loyal guests where we want to uh, bring some videos instead of some fruits in the in the room some personalized video he's working on that so we have found a talent which we we had already in the environment and he is so we can't stop him huh he's so so working on to that uh, which is great and uh, we just need to to allow him to do that so this initiative um agile initiative and the whole approach and philosophy has been recognized by the senior management there so what's next so I'm uh, I'm very proud that I'm be part of the the new way we work team which is a part of the S3 group and I'm uh, I'm there sitting there into the team on we looking how we can be let's say in an hospitality industry or how we can shift the hospitality into the future in a resilient way that the people are staying with this very very nice branch we are Roche we are working for and how we can make it as as much as attractive as possible to get especially that talent into and in, into that point and that, that's a very very exciting um, journey we are doing there. I think the benefit of Corona is, is allowing to think into that directions. And I think we can find so much great examples and so much uh, that we can come into the future with the hospitality industry. Wonderful. Well, I wish you all the best with this new yeah. approach and initiative. And I know that obviously with other industries, this has been around a long time, but it's it's really great to see this being translated into the hospitality sector. And I think you've got a really wonderful live case study there. I wish you all the best of the success in terms of moving this across the organization. And I look forward to seeing and hearing about the results soon. So uh, thank you very much, Joachim. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Jonathan, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hokuso Conversation. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do share us with your friends and community. Take a look at our previous episodes and look out for our next ones. We look forward to you joining us on this unique exploratory journey.